Welcome to the Abbott Circle podcast. I'm Father Ambrose Christ, and I'm the novice master here at St. Michael's Abbey. We hope that you enjoy the following recording. To learn more about the Norbertines, visit theabbotcircle.com. God bless you. One of you will betray me. Now, after signaling to John who it is, but not hearing the answer, Peter hears Jesus say to him, Amen, amen, I say to you, the cock will not crow before you deny me three times. One imagines that Peter understood Jesus to be answering John's question by identifying him as a soon-to-be traitor. For the benefit of hindsight, we have a tendency to think that Peter was always treated with a special favoritism by the Lord. And conversely, we tend to think that Judas was always kept at a distance, befitting one who would one day betray him. But the Gospels tell a different story. At the Last Supper, Judas was apparently sitting very close to Jesus. Perhaps he was the one immediately to his left. Otherwise, Jesus could not have handed the dipped morsel to him. On the other hand, Peter was so far away that he could not even speak to John, who was at Jesus' side. He had to nod. He had to make signs to get John's attention. So Peter was possibly put at the last place at the Last Supper. Commentators on this gospel, both ancient and modern, are in agreement that when the host dipped a morsel and handed it to a guest... This was a sign that the guest was the guest of honor, the favored guest at the banquet. And to this fact that Judas had an import add to this fact that Judas had an important position among the apostles as one who cared for the common fund, and that none of the apostles even slightly suspected Judas would be the traitor, and we can see that it was Judas, not Peter, who was given all the outward signs of favoritism by our Lord. Of course, the Last Supper was not the only time Peter had reason to think that he was the black shepherd among the apostles. Peter had heard Jesus say at the synagogue of Capernaum, Have I not chosen you twelve? Yet one of you is a devil. Not long after this, Jesus says to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. One need not attribute a great mind or a powerful memory to Peter in order to draw the conclusion that Peter probably thought that he was the one Jesus had called the devil back in Capernaum. Even when Peter went above and beyond the other apostles in his faith, he did not receive praise from Jesus. You might think that after walking on water for a few seconds, Jesus might have congratulated Peter on a good first try. But instead he gets a sound rebuke. You of little faith. So, Life as an apostle for Peter was not marked by an overabundance of affirmation from Jesus. Yet in spite of the fact that he almost certainly thought he was the devil, the traitor, among the apostles, Peter continues to follow Jesus. His relationship with Jesus was marked by a hope which was more laughable than daring a hope that somehow everything would turn out well for the devil traitor who with next to no faith. It is fitting that the first epistle of St. Peter is about hope.
Now Judas, on the other hand, seems to have gone happily along, receiving every sign of praise and favoritism from Jesus, all the way until the kiss in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus still calls him his friend. Things do not always appear to us as they actually are when we follow Jesus. So what was the difference between Peter and Judas so that the first became the last and the last became the first? Charity was not the difference. Both failed to love the Lord. Both fell. Rather, the first difference between them was humility. Peter could take a correction. Judas could not. When Jesus corrected Peter, it was harsh. And he made a big public scene about it. He was called Satan in front of everyone. His threefold denial was foretold in person in front of all the other apostles. Yet Peter had engraved in his heart the proverb, Whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. On the other hand, when Jesus corrects Judas, he doesn't so much as mention him by name. So sensitive was Judas to his public image that Jesus knew that even the mildest public correction would push him over the edge. So he never singles Judas out ever in the scriptures. And when he does correct him, he corrects him with terms like friend. A second difference was Peter's faith in the Eucharist, the real presence. Back in John chapter 6, in response to those who challenged his teaching about the Eucharist, Jesus had said, But there are some of you who do not believe. Jesus knew from the beginning the ones who would not believe and the one who would betray him. So John is telling us that Judas refused to believe in the real presence. At the Last Supper, John tells us that Jesus gave to Judas a dipped morsel. It's interesting to note that the only other time in Scripture when someone dipped a morsel, it was a morsel of bread dipped in wine. So St. John Chrysostom taught this morsel given to Judas at the Last Supper was actually Holy Communion delivered by intinction on the tongue, I might add. Just at that moment, after his sacrilegious communion, Satan entered into Judas. Peter, on the other hand, firmly believed in the Eucharist. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Although all of the apostles fell away from Jesus during his passion, only the one who refused to believe in the real presence was finally lost. I have kind of a pious hope, a pious belief anyway, that No priest who maintains his faith in the real presence will ever be lost. I can't imagine that a priest who really believes in the real presence and receives him every day and consecrates the host over and over again and receives the blood of the lamb on his lips, I can hardly believe that a priest like that can finally be lost with all his failings, with all his defects. The third difference between Peter and Judas was hope. Judas despaired where Peter continued to hope. Despair is pride disguised as contrition. Both are a kind of sadness in response to sin. But contrition gives the sinner energy to start over, while despair makes the sinner want to give up. 
It is true that Peter fell three times, but it is also true that Jesus fell three times along the road to Calvary to redeem him. It's not our falls which divide us from Jesus as much as our refusal to stand up again. When someone wants his own glory, he wants to do great things by his own power. And then when he finds something impossibly great, he can't do it, he despairs. But when someone wants the Lord to be glorified, he wants the Lord to do great things through his power and in the face of impossibly great things, like our salvation, He hopes and believes that all things are possible through the power of Christ. We would all like to think that in our priestly hearts there dwells a John, faithful and true to Jesus. But the truth is that there is a Judas lurking within each one of our hearts. St. Philip Neri used to say during the elevation of the host, Beware of Philip, Lord, for today he may betray you. Yes, today you may betray the Lord. But if we do, let us fall and rise like Peter, knowing that Jesus too was tempted to despair, not of his own salvation, but of ours, of mine and of yours. This is what the prophet Isaiah teaches. Though I thought I had toiled in vain and for nothing uselessly spent my strength, yet my reward is with the Lord. My recompense is with my God. We are the reward of Jesus. We are the recompense of his passion. Redemisti crucem passus, tantus labor non si casus. May our humble faith in the Eucharist and our hope in the mercy of God bring joy at last to the heart of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Abbott Circle podcast. If you enjoyed listening or were spiritually nourished, please leave a review to help our podcast grow. Thanks again. God bless you.